Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Alm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Holm. On this show, I interview badass, amazing real estate investing goddesses, women that are crushing it in the real estate investing space. And today's guest is no exception. Super excited to have Liz Carroll. She and her husband are debt-free real estate investors, multi-million dollar portfolio of 14 single family homes and a fourplex on the Oregon coast. She completed a 25-year successful IT sales career. This year, she just retired. And she's a certified financial coach from Ramsey Solutions, a certified life coach from the Life Coach School. And she's a 200 RYT yoga meditation instructor from the Purna Yoga College. So many skills. <laughs> In addition to just being a badass real estate investor, she combines strong money and life skills with mindfulness in her coaching business, Mindful Money Coaches. And I am super excited to have her here. Welcome, Liz. Thank you, Monique. Thanks so much for inviting me. It was so fun to meet you at FinCon. So It was fun. So we met at this awesome conference for money nerds like <laughs> me, people who are just obsessed with, obsessed with investing and money. And it's like several thousand, a couple thousand people just like that. <laughs> for most people, they're probably like, oh, that is weird. But we have so much fun. And <laughs> I met Liz, I think last night at a party. Mm -hmm. And we started talking about, she's a real estate investor. And anytime I meet a real estate investor, especially a woman, I get super happy and excited. And we started talking about investing in real estate and also leverage because she's into buying debt-free, right? That's right. We're, we're all cash. All, we're, yeah, we're all cash all the time. And so I get that whole other people's money. I've read the books. I know. I just... <laughs> So yeah, real estate investing is definitely not one size fits all. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It's like however it works for you. But we had this very fun and spirited conversation about should you or shouldn't you ever buy with with uh, using debt loans. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more about that today. And I'm super grateful to Liz because I'm going to totally fess up that this is our second try at doing this podcast. <laughs> we talked maybe it was about a couple of weeks ago. We did it and it was awesome. And she gave so much value and you're going to be super excited today. And I swear I recorded it, but I don't know what happened to the recording as soon as I was done. So she so graciously came back and is uh, talking, talking with me again today. So, well, whatever happened was exactly how it was supposed to happen because it did. I'm so happy to be back and hey, I'm retired now. I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> That is a beautiful thing. And that's the beauty of real estate investing. She's financially free. She doesn't have to work. Yes. She retired. Yes. Know. Fire. And I would say we're level two fire. You know, there's several different levels of financial independence, retire early. And and we, my husband and I went to that second level. We wanted to make sure that it wasn't just meeting the bills, which that's a lot of people are just like, oh, I just want to pay my bills. Yeah. Well, no, we still want to have a lot of fun. Unfortunately, because we're debt-free, 
in our entire life that we don't have a lot of bills. So that was really fun for us to have that goal to be able to retire early. Yeah. I recommend people there's like that first, yeah, that's that first number. That's your financial freedom number. Mm -hmm. That's the number when your expenses are met, you don't have to work. And then there's the dream life number. Right. I, you know, that's the number. So I recommend that people cost out, like, what does that dream life look like? And how much does it cost? How much does it cost to be able to do those trips you want to take every year? Or to have a private jet, if that's your dream, or to, you know, the cars and whatever it is that that is your dream life. How much does that cost? And that's that's the number to go for with passive income. So congrats on on being there. Thank you. Yes. And thank goodness for real estate and that we found it so young and that we got into it. I mean, honestly, that's uh, real estate is the vehicle that we have used to be able to retire early. If we ever touch our 401ks or our IRAs, that'll be great. But there's no intention of that right now. So that's amazing. You were just mentioning you started early. Tell us how did you get started in real estate? (laughs) Well, it's kind of funny because about 90 days after we got married, we bought our first rental property and I was 22 years old. So we like scraped and left together this money for this down payment. Um, and the owner carried a contract for us. So we had already bought our home that we lived in. It wasn't our first real estate purchase. In fact, our home was our second. My husband had already owned a home in California before we moved up to the Northwest. Anyway, so we scraped together this money and the gentleman carried the contract for us. It was a tiny little white cottage with pink Pepto-Bismol trim and the tenants stayed on. And I called my dad and I'm like, dad, I need a little bit more money till the end of the month and I'll pay you back once I get my paycheck. Because I had just started working in the, when we relocated. And anyway, that's how we got started. We kept that property. I think we put a new roof on, but we sold that property 18 months later for almost double what we paid for it. So it was a really, it was an awesome experience. It was nerve wracking. We were young. We didn't know, you know, but thank God we got started. That's honestly, thank, you know, we got started. We did it. And what got you to do that? Because most 22 year olds are just, I don't know, thinking about drinking yeah. or whatever. And going well, I, I think we've already established in this call that we're a little nerdy, you know, with the money nerds. So, um, but, we also were, we were dreamers. We wanted to know what was our life going to be like? And is there a way for us to have additional income out of our careers? I mean, my first job at that time when I, let's see, that job, I was making $24,700 a year. So just to put things in perspective, 30 years ago, when we first got married in 1990, that's my, it was my income. And I look back and I'm like, I'm so glad that we had these. So we quickly bought additional rental homes. So we went up to three houses and we bought some forest land also. And it gave us something to work towards together. Like we would paint rentals at night after work, or we would, there were things we did together that we knew all along we were doing this to build wealth. And we just had dreams and we thought, how are we going to execute on those larger dreams? That's how we got started in real estate. And then the kids came along and then it's harder to do all of that self-management and you've got kids. And, and then we built this big house up on the hill. So we sold all our rentals to put towards the, towards the construction of the new home that we built. And we stepped out of real estate investing for 10 years. So from 94 to 2004, we stepped out because we were focused on our kids. 
And then we went back into it and there was a time there. We first bought a 16 unit apartment complex in 04. And we hired a management firm and we just went, we're so busy in our careers. We can't be focused on these apartments, but we knew that it was a good place to continue building wealth. And then around, well, it was fine. It generated a little passive income for us and it enhanced our lifestyle a little bit. You know, we were able to have business, run some expenses through the business. And, but what we also were able to do is that money was still working for us all the time. And then the crash came along or the great recession. And we were in an awesome position because we had never taken a dollar out of our earnings all that time. We had let everything just grow. And so then that's when we went, whoa, cash is awesome. When you have cash and you can come in and make offers to banks that were, there were so many sales right then. Yeah. And that's 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 sale. I know. It was like, <laughs> so cash was awesome. And we were able to, pay cash for properties and we got a much better buy. I felt like we made better buys because we were able to cash and close in 14 days and it was done. So that's kind of the backstory. All right. So talking about debt and leverage, because I know you started with loans. We (laughs) did. Yeah. What got you to then decide you were just going to be like a debt-free real estate, real estate investor? You know, it came down to a couple of things. We had a mortgage on the 16 unit apartment complex. And we started looking at, you know, my husband and I have always been planners. I think that was one of the things, you know, in 97 is when we started following Dave Ramsey. And that's when we wrote out our 20-year plan that we wanted to have enough passive income to retire right at about the same time our daughter was graduating college, our youngest was graduating college. So this was all part of our written out plan. And it was aggressive, you know, I mean, 20-year plan, most people can barely get a five-year plan together. We have established that we're kind of nerds, but we did. And when we wrote out that plan of that having that passive income so that it would replace our corporate careers, and we were both in IT sales, so we had great careers. And we chose to live below our means so that we could use some of our commissions to buy houses and save up. So when that time came around that there was fire sales, then we were able to use that cash. But the whole reason we switched to an all cash model is because we wanted to have enough cash flow. We were working towards cash flow at that point. If we were in 2014 is the year we made a strategic decision to go completely debt free with real estate. We sold our 16 unit apartment complex because we had all our eggs in one basket at that point. And you can't really in retirement as we were getting closer to that. 2017 timeframe that we had set for ourselves, we needed to have the cash flow. And the way you can have more cash flow, our mind and how we've been able to do this is that you don't have mortgages. So you don't have expenses aside from taxes and insurance. So those are our two only expenses on our properties is the taxes and insurance and then maintenance, of course. But that's where we made the strategic decision to go all cash from that point on so that we were generating enough cash flow. Okay. So what are your current investments like? Well, we have 14 single family homes. All of our properties are on the Oregon coast and it's not inexpensive here. You know, some people might think, oh, Oregon's not, but it's a coast. It's like anytime you're Seattle to LA or the Boston to Miami, they're expensive, right? So We have 14 single family homes and a fourplex. 
Now, as my husband and I continue refining our portfolio and looking at our decisions, now we focus on workforce housing. So we're not, we're long-term rentals. A lot of people here on the coast are short-term vacation because we are in a vacation area and a retirement area, I would say. We've been looking at our portfolio again and refining and going, what's the odd duck out? So the fourplex is standing out like, well, why do we have that? And with the fourplex having to pay water and sewer and trash and maintaining the parking lot, those kinds of things that we don't have to pay with our single family homes. So we're continuing and always talking about it and always working on our plan and what's our next. So we have 14 single family homes, the fourplex. We're under contract for another single family home, which will close here soon. That's So we'll probably switch out the fourplex and buy a couple more houses instead, reduce the number of tenants that we're managing and increase our cash flow in the process. Yeah. When Before we started, you said you were under contract on the fourplex. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. You know, you never know it, but we have had multiple offers when we initially listed it and we've decided to go with a local buyer uh, rather than some of the out-of-state ones that were knocking on our door. So yeah. yeah. Great. We talk a lot about different asset classes on this podcast, people, all variety of things. So why do you like the single family rentals best? Well, we love families and we love workforce uh, housing. My husband and I, we have a, there's a great need for workforce housing on the Oregon coast because we have all these vacation homes. So while you can drive around and see all these houses, well, half of them are empty half the time, right? So our workforce has a very limited um, available housing. And so my husband and I are able to maintain an, a long wait list for people who want to get into our properties. Now, the other thing that we focus on, which is really unique, and I know I don't even know if I told you this before, Monique, but we do all manufactured homes. Our single family homes are manufactured homes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And because tenants don't really don't really care, we're able to buy those properties and fix them up and make them adorable. They're very cute. We redo the whole thing. But we can put a nice family in a three-bedroom, two-bath house, and we have no problem getting our 1% goal of rent versus purchase price. Yeah. So when you're with these manufactured homes, are you getting the land, putting the homes or you're buying buying the homes already there? Yeah, we're buying from estate sales or we're buying from people that no longer want to have a vacation property any longer or so mostly elderly couples that have deferred maintenance. So we need to do a lot of work in them or we buy them from the bank. The other thing is, is they're not super easy to get financing on. So being all cash, we have nice opportunities for us. So very nice. Yeah. Great. So that was a question I always ask, what was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? I feel like we've made several and then I feel like, no, I should celebrate all the 900 mistakes that we didn't make, right? So we, we've... You've done a lot of things right. <laughs> yeah, we have. But there's a few things that I will tell you that I probably, in hindsight, there's a few things. One is when we bought our 16-unit apartment complex, I think we were a tad emotional on them. I don't... We wanted to go into that big ego was involved. I think there was just a lot that was like, oh, we're going to get this apartment. Well, we bought a property that was on a secondary lot, which meant there was another apartment complex in front of us. And I would not do that again because we had, while we maintained our building and kept our property up, we had no control over what our tenants had to drive past to get into our building. So that would be number one. 
And number two, you are going to love is that we didn't take the opportunity to leverage in 2012 when we we were out looking at properties and we should have just been making offers, making offers, making offers and gone in. But that's hindsight, right? Yeah. And the ones we did buy turned out to be fantastic investments. I mean, we bought one condo, I think it was like $60,000 and we sold it five years later, something. I know I have the exact somewhere here somewhere, but we sold it for 149. And so it's like, okay, that was fantastic. We bought another one that we bought 144. We ended up living in that one temporarily because we sold our primary residence during our retirement journey. And I remodeled that townhouse and made it super cute. But so we lived in it for just a while until we moved full time out to the Oregon coast. But that one we sold five years later from the purchase and doubled, more than doubled our money on that one. So I did put a little money in on remodel, but there's still, there was just great returns. That's awesome. We didn't leverage. (laughs) We didn't leverage on that. And I will say that now that we are, have built up a quite a portfolio, if the opportunity came for us, like if there was another recession with the cash we have available, maybe we wouldn't be able to do everything all cash, but we would be more open, I think in the future to, to incur a little leverage just because, or to use some leverage because we're in a very good situation financially now. Yeah. And because the deals are so good. Yeah. Um, We find them fantastic. They're not super easy to find right now, but. Yeah. So when, yeah, when you, that's just the value of leverage, right? You can do more than you could by yourself by tapping into OPM. That's why I like, but (laughs) there's something nice. There's no, you're greatly reducing risk by buying all cash. Yeah. Well, and that's the beauty too, is if there's another recession, I mean, it's no big deal for us at all. If anything, it's a buying opportunity. So we're pretty excited if that were to happen. So you have Um, cash or you could do cash out refinances and pull out equity to buy more. So yeah. Yes. That's the plan as right now. We don't see any time that we're going to stop buying right now. No, we could be moving money around by moving properties around. Like right now we're under contract for the fourplex. We're under contract for another single family home. Today, we walked away from another offer we had made on a single family home. The bank just wasn't working with where we thought they needed to be foreclosure that we're making an offer on. And so that's the whole, it's like, we can wait. They're going to come around to a point where they're going to have to reduce the purchase price and we're happy to wait. So good position to be. Yeah. So what are you most proud of? You know, I'm most proud of that we set goals and that we stayed really organized and we worked as a team. So I would say that's what I'm most proud of and that we did it. It's like so many people talk about, my husband and I do some coaching for people and they say, well, we want to do just what you guys did. And we're like, okay, well, there's a lot of work. You got to do it. (laughs) And not everyone is willing to generate two incomes, but live on one or what we've done since 2014. Intentionally, my husband retired the end of 2015. So I just retired in October, but this year, but we were living well below my income the last few years so that we could in 2018 buy four houses. And there's things that we've been able to do just because we were intentionally frugal with them. And I wouldn't say really frugal. I don't think anyone would look at us and go, oh, they're frugal. I think that more than anything, they would say, well, they're strategic, you know? <laughs> so Yeah. So yeah. you build up enough of a nest egg that you can still live well, but you don't have to spend all of it. Yeah. And to what do you attribute your success? 
Well, I think there's a few different things that I could say to that. I think one is that being organized, which I mentioned, taking action. And then the teamwork, my husband and I really work well. He does all the, we self-manage all our properties. So he does all of the tenant management and I do all the financial work and all the pay all the bills, make sure everything's done uh, with the finances. So that's where we divide and conquer. And that teamwork has been really great for us. And the other thing I think that we have very few turns. Now, one, I mentioned that we focus on workforce housing. So these homes that we rent are somewhere between 1200 and 1600 a month. And then so they don't have a lot of places to go, but we provide a lot of value to our tenants. One, we're incredibly responsive. And two, you know, we honor them with holiday gifts. We honor them with just lots of thanks for them being good tenants. And that has come to bless us back too, because we don't have the turns that a lot of people do that would impact their cash flow or results. I think that's been a key to success is that we're providing such great value to our tenants that yeah. we're not getting the turns. That's so huge because being able to keep your tenants um, long-term is, saves you so much money. And a lot of people don't necessarily realize that the tenants are everything. Exactly. And you know, our fourplex right now, it's kind of like a mixed, a bittersweet that we were looking to sell that because for the five years we've owned it, two units have never turned. One unit has turned one and another unit has turned twice. So we have literally in five years with a fourplex had three turns. I think it's because we don't inflate rents. We keep our rents very market, maybe even just a tad, like maybe just even $10 below where people feel like, well, where else am I going to go for? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it works for us. And we're, like I said, generous with them as well. Mm, beautiful. What advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out in this field? Well, here, this is my big nugget that I'm dropping right now, that mm. it is math over emotion. Mm. That is, it is all about math. You are not going to live there. Yes. Live where you want to live. And that's when the numbers make sense. Yes. And oftentimes that's not where you want to live. (laughs) I will say that uh, there isn't one of our properties that I wouldn't live in if I had to, but it's not like what my house is like, you know, I mean, it's like just different. And I would say that that is the biggest thing is that it's math. And just because you fall in love with the hydrangea bush out front, and that it's so great. Just be, <laughs> if the math doesn't work, it's not worth it. It's just not. Yes. Yeah. And that's my big thing is that it's take the emotion out. It's about math. If it doesn't make dollars. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I li- oh, I like that. Good job. <laughs> so before we get into our famed end of show trinity, our brag, gratitude, and desire, what is the best way for people to connect with you? We have a website, mindfulmoneycoaches.com. And then we are active on Instagram also. So Mindful Money Coaches there as well. We'd love to have the follow. So that has been fantastic for us. Instagram has been great for the real estate investing community. We are involved in a mastermind right now through that we met people through Instagram and it all just came together. And that's what's continuing to help us refine our property, our goals, our portfolio. And I think that that's one of the benefits, the meetups and different things that are happening in the world today is that we're we're finding like-minded people where for so long, Dan and I thought we were the only money nerds out there, as particularly when it came to the cash investing. So, yeah. And I will say though, 
we did not start all cash investors. So number one, and number two, there's not another person in our mastermind that's all cash investors. So <laughs> they all want to go there eventually so that they can retire young also. Yeah, it's true. You need others around you. That's why I'm excited to have created this sisterhood with real estate investor goddesses because yeah, you can sometimes you feel like all alone out here. Really, you right. know, just, especially when a lot of your friends and family may not be into real estate investing and be the, the money nerd that you are, that I am. And so <laughs> it's nice to find like-minded people. Well, and thank goodness for social media because there's more of us out there than we ever thought. There was, are. You know, are. so thank you for doing this kind of work, Monique, seriously. Just thank you for putting this out for women to... Another thing that you had said, what advice? I love the idea, particularly for women who want to start on an entry level with real estate that maybe... I love the idea with the syndication that you offer because that's where you can get started without taking on all the risk. And I love that. So yeah, I'm obviously a fan of syndication. <laughs> I, think I, would, I would second that advice. Yeah. All right. So thank you, Liz. Now it's time for your Trinity. So what's one brag? My brag is that I retired last month. I'm just very proud. 25 years I was in IT sales, but I'm just so thrilled that now I get to go on to my passion work and I've organized my week now that it's so fun. So I do coaching on Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, I do studying. And Thursday, I do community service. I love it. And oh, I teach you two yoga classes a week too. So I mean, it's just, I've been able to create and design the life I wanted. So I'm really proud of that. So well bragged. So well bragged. <laughs> and what's one thing you're grateful for? My marriage, for sure. First and foremost, my marriage. I mean, faith obviously is important, but if I couldn't have done all of this by myself, by any means, then it's been teamwork. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, what's one desire? This one is going to sound really odd, but since I retired, we're trying to figure out this whole health insurance thing, because that's something for people to think about when they retire young. So and we take distributions from our different LLCs. So we're not employees by any means. So we can't buy an employee plan. But that's my number one right now is to have affordable entrepreneur health insurance, especially for very healthy ones. <laughs> so. Well, so shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks so much for this great podcast. 2.0. <laughs> and then this was lots of fun. So mindfulmoneycoaches.com or at mindfulmoneycoaches, you can find Liz. And to connect with me and to get onto our into the investor club and find out about syndications and other opportunities like that and to join our amazing community of women investors from all over the country and the world, go to reigoddesses.com. And subscribe and like and comment and and come back next week for another amazing real estate investor guys interview. Bye-bye. You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses, a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time. 